Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Let me start by asking you a question. Are you busy? And I reckon for most of you, the answer would be yes. Uh, Just this uh, week, I was meeting with Kerry and uh, Marie uh, on a Thursday afternoon, and I remember telling them that I hadn't had a chance to sit down at my desk since Monday. And Kerry said, I bet the sermon prep's going well then. So we'll see, we'll see how we go. Uh, but it was three days straight for me this week of services, pastoral visits and diocesan meetings, which made me one busy man indeed. Combining that with the looming uh, threat or joy, depending on how you look at it, of uh, three days away for clergy conference uh, and uh, a long weekend to boot off that, it was making for a busy, busy time. And it's not just me that's busy, is it? All of us. All of us are busy. No doubt when someone asked you uh, recently, how are you doing? Uh, You probably said, I'm okay, but I'm pretty busy. Busyness is expected in our 21st century culture, isn't it? Uh, Oftentimes, in fact, if you were to say, how are you going? You said, I'm actually doing pretty well. I'm not too busy. Things are going quite nicely. Uh, we're sort of culturally conditioned to think that person doesn't know the meaning of hard work uh, because you're supposed to be busily going about getting lots and lots done. And of course, our culture and technology enables this ultra-connected, never-switch-off kind of busy life, doesn't it, as we come home from work and check our emails on our phones and... Uh, you know, I'm still young enough, would you believe, to remember a time where you actually had to make a conscious decision to check your emails because you had to turn a computer on. Um, I mean, it's so different now, isn't it? It's just a constant pull it out of your phone and it's always there. And of course, one of the great dangers of the busy world in which we live is that we do lots of stuff, but never anything of deep and lasting significance. Worse, you do lots of good things, but you miss out on what is best. And in our world of busyness, Jesus has some advice and encouragement for us in that reading uh, from Luke's Gospel, doesn't he? He says uh, to Martha, the busy one, few things are needed or indeed only one, before he goes on to commend Mary. And we'll look at uh, more of what that means for us today in a moment. But first, let us get our heads around where this little story of two uh, women uh, sits in the Bible. Of course, we're in Luke's Gospel, and for most of chapter 10 that we've been working through for the last couple of weeks, and in fact, uh, just before chapter 10, at the end of chapter 9, starting about verse 57, we're, we're getting taught by Luke about what it means to follow Jesus. 
And what we're seeing uh, first is that it requires complete and utter dedication and surrender to God. So back in chapter 9, the last few verses, uh, you've got all that stuff about how uh, Jesus tells people, if you want to follow me, you're going to have no place to sleep. He says, verse 62, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. To follow Jesus requires full devotion to him. And then we see uh, this full devotion and trust that's required as Jesus sends the 72, you'll remember, uh, at the start of chapter 10 from verses 1 through to 24. Uh, When we seek to follow Jesus with this devotion that those first disciples have and he sends us on mission uh, as he does for us, as he did for those first disciples, we see we're sent out uh, in order to introduce others to him. We're called to be disciples who make disciples. And of course, one of the reasons or the reason that Jesus is worth full devotion and telling others is so important is because of the salvation that Jesus brings. And we learn that, don't we? When the 72 are sent out, you'll remember, they've been sent out and they come back. At the, end, uh, at the end of that section, and in verse 17 of chapter 10, they say, Oh, Jesus, this has been so cool. We can, like, cast out demons in his name, in your name. How cool is that? And Jesus responds, saying, Yeah, that is pretty cool. However, verse 20, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Salvation is the thing that ought to bring us joy. And it's salvation that we have when we trust Jesus and follow him. And it's that thing that matters more than anything else. And when it is that we understand this and we understand the love of God that he'd send his son to die for us so that we could have life, uh, we respond by seeking to love others. We love others by telling them, like the 72. We love others by being a good neighbour, as the story of the Good Samaritan showed us. And that's to anyone, whomever we can impact through our actions. And so we come to the end of chapter 10, being told about this fully devoted life of discipleship, of telling others and loving neighbour. And we come to the story of Mary and Martha. And as we come to this story, we know... That being a disciple of Jesus means there's lots to do. To tell others, to love our neighbours. Lots to do to be a devoted, hand-to-the-plough disciple of Jesus. We're going to be very busy serving Jesus, doing all of this stuff. Which is why I think we have this story at the end of chapter 10 to remind us To put first things first. For here we have a story of where good stuff is outweighed by the best stuff. Mary and Martha, sisters who live in Bethany, we know from other parts of scripture. And uh, Jesus has come by and Martha opens her home to Jesus, verse 38. Uh, And it seems in verse 39 that Jesus comes into the home and begins to do some teaching. And Mary decides, in verse 39, that she's going to uh, sit down and listen to what Jesus has to say. Meanwhile, Martha 
who it seems is the one who's actually invited Jesus inside anyway, is getting busy sorting things out. And you can, you know, you understand what where Martha's coming from. She's just invited Jesus, the Son of God, into her house and she wants things to be done right. And so there's a lot for her to do, we read in verse 40. And you can imagine, as uh, Luke tells the story, that as Martha's running around getting the table set up and the chairs and whatever else it is she's doing, cooking the meals, she keeps looking over at Mary, trying to catch her eye. Come on, Martha. Uh, come on, Mary. Can you come and help me, please? And Mary's sort of too busy sitting there listening to Jesus. And she's getting frustrated. And, you know, I imagine that, uh, you know, she's just got the main in the oven and she's on her way with the entree and she's got dessert in the, on the pot as well. And, you know, something gets burnt and it all gets too much. And so she goes, she says, this, like, I'm, this is ridiculous. I'm going to go and get Jesus to tell Mary to help me so we can have a nice dinner. And so she goes and she tries to co-op Jesus into her uh, uh, busyness. She goes to Jesus and says, verse 40, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus' response is really quite interesting. Because, I don't know about you, but like you kind of expect Jesus to say, Oh, good point. You've invited, so you've invited me in for dinner. There's work to be done. How about we all just stop this uh, lesson from me, get the job done, uh, and then we can all come back uh, after dinner or whatever and have a bit of a chat uh, about some uh, things that I have to say. Uh, You know, many hands make light work. Off we go. But of course, he doesn't say that, does he? He says this instead, verse 41 and 42... Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Interesting response. And we note a few things. Firstly, that it's a a, a loving response. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the the repetition of Martha indicating this presence of caring emotion. Jesus is, he cares for Martha. He's not saying, seriously, woman, calm down. It's not that kind of rebuke. It's a, hey, Martha. A, a, A loving and gentle correction. And uh, notice too that in this loving and gentle correction, Jesus is not so much concerned about what she's been up to, but her attitude. It's not so much that she's been running around and getting a lot done, but it's the fact that she's been worried and upset about many things when few things are she's She's been stressing to the max about how everything's going to get done when she should have been focusing on the one thing, the fact that Jesus was there. Few things are needed, indeed only one. Jesus is saying to Martha, your priorities are wrong. Mary has chosen what is better. She's got her priorities right and that will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus, to listen to him. And this is primary. 
to all the disciples and the readers of Luke's gospel. We're, we're learning, don't we, what our first priority has got to be when we think about the fact that we've been sent on mission and we need to love our neighbours and we need this single-minded devotion to the things of God. Get first things first. Listen to Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Dwell with Jesus. Sit at his feet. Then comes the activity of the kingdom. And that actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it, doesn't it? Because we become like who we hang out with. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen, uh, you know, whenever you meet a couple who've been married for 60, 70 years, and and, uh, you know that they're not related because, like, they're married, so they can't be related, but they kind of look the same. And they kind of talk the same and they have the same mannerisms because they've spent 50, 60, 70 years together. Or siblings who've grown up together who have similar mannerisms and ways of speaking. Or your children who uh, learn things uh, like, for example, Amity, when I say to her, when I should, should say to her, no, and instead I say, maybe, we'll think about it. And then I say to her, hey, Amity, do you want to come get your nappy changed? She says, maybe, let's think about it. <laughs> we become like who we hang out with. I notice this when I go away and spend intense periods of time with the army that I have to sort of decompress so that I stop being super blunt and terse with people because that's the only way to speak when you're in the army. We become like who we hang out with. And so to be a person who's on about the things Jesus is on about, which is loving the Father, loving our neighbour... Spreading the good news of the kingdom. If we want to be on about those things, then we need to hang out with Jesus. We need to spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus. We need to be like Mary. We need to make the main thing the main thing. It turns out that I am a a D when it comes to the DISC profile, which means I like to get stuff done. Uh, and so my inclination is to, 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 to do things. But this passage reminds me that first and foremost comes relationship. And that's not a thing to be done. It's, it's something to be enjoyed. It's, 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 it's something that I can rest in. All of us need to be people who prioritise the main thing. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, spending time with him, dwelling with him, listening to him, learning from him, becoming like him. Because no matter who you are, no matter what you do, the best thing for you is to have your soul fed by Jesus. And we've got to make this our first priority because in the midst of the busyness and the craziness of life, this doesn't just happen. 
Uh, Martha's a great example, isn't it? She's got Jesus right there and she knows dinner needs to be on and she's got a choice and she chooses to get stuff done instead of to sit at the feet of Jesus. we got stuff to do as well. Lots of good stuff to do. But we've got to sit at the feet of Jesus first. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to make it a priority in the middle of our crazy life. Let me give you some suggestions. Without sounding like a preacher who only has uh, sort of two points of application for every sermon, I do actually think that one of the ways to do this is to read your Bible and pray. This is is how we sit at the feet of Jesus. We hear from him through the reading of the word. We speak back to him through prayer. We've got to do these things if we want to be like Jesus. Be students of his word and be committed to regular prayer. Now, I don't know how you're going at those two things, but I want to encourage you to dwell with Jesus to make it a priority. And the good thing is that these things, these distraction items called phones, but phones are really a, not really a, the right word for them, are they? Because we hardly ever make calls on them these days. Are both a great distraction and a great help. Because they're right there with us, they're pretty light, and they have the Bible on them. So we can use something like a phone to help us be regular in the word, be regular in prayer. I commend to you, if you don't have them on your phone, the YouVersion Bible app and uh, Prayer Mate, the prayer app. Two great ways to use technology to enhance your prayer life rather than to distract you from it uh, with Angry Birds or whatever the latest game is these days. Angry, Angry Birds is a bit like five years ago. I'm not up on what we're all playing these days. Commit to regular prayer and regular reading of the scriptures. Maybe you need to create a space in your house where, uh, that helps you to, to focus. Maybe you need to build a routine where you go for a walk and on that walk you pray. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, Jesus wants you at his feet. He wants you to hang out with him. He wants you to become like him. A few other things that came to mind as I was thinking this is the priority of church coming here spending time with God's people, letting our community rub off on you so that you hopefully will become more like Jesus, making that a priority, joining a small group so you can at least have some accountability and, and at least you're getting together once a week to pray and read the Bible. I don't know what it is you need to do, but I'm certain you probably need to do something. And whatever it is you need to do, let me encourage you to start small. So often in our attempts, when we feel convicted about this stuff, uh, uh, if you're like me, you, you want to go all out. And so you, uh, you think, well, you know, 
John Calvin used to get up for three hours in the morning and pray and read his Bible, so I guess I'm getting up at 3am now. Um, Of course, then when I sleep through my second alarm uh, or fall asleep on the floor at four in the morning, uh, I give up on the whole thing. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Start small. Five minutes three times a week is better than zero minutes zero times a week. Commit to it. Make yourself accountable. Because let me tell you, all of us live busy lives. All of us have a lot to do and all of us have much good to do. But let's remember the lesson that Martha learnt. That there is a thing that's best. Time with Jesus, dwelling in him, becoming, dwelling with him, becoming like him. Uh, American author and pastor Kevin DeYoung says in his book Crazy Busy, let me read, read this little section for you. By spending time with the Lord in the word and prayer, we are likely to gain new perspectives on our hassles and headaches. Starting each day with eternity makes our petty problems and long to-do lists seem less significant. By sitting at the feet of Jesus, we will grow more like him, more patient, more loving, more thoughtful. We'll see that our screens do not satisfy like our saviour. We'll see that wisdom was not born yesterday or 34 seconds ago on social media. We'll learn to keep our complaints to a minimum and our eyes on the cross. Whether or not we do it first thing in the morning, as he suggests, is irrelevant. But what is relevant is that in our crazy busy world, spending time at the feet of Jesus is going to be transformational. If you want to be a disciple-making disciple, if you want to know the joy of your salvation, if you want to be a good neighbour, if you want to be a better Christian at work or at home, if you want to be more like Jesus, then put away the to-do lists and sit down at the feet of Jesus. If each of us commit to that first, being with Jesus regularly, then we will see him transform our lives and our communities because you become like who you hang out with. So let's commit to that, to be like Mary, to put first things first and to hang out with Jesus more and more, to stop in the midst of our busy lives and simply be with Jesus, for that is what is best. Amen. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church. www.lindisfarnanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.